podcast, our last one of Log Talk Radio 2015. Hello, hello. Welcome to the latest Outsports podcast, our last one of 2015. It's two days before New Year's Eve. And uh, big congratulations to Sid, who won our flag football, uh, flag football, our fantasy football league this year, beating his sister after beating his brother in the semifinals. It was a Ziggler fest in fantasy football. Congratulations, Sid. Well, you know, it, it, as you know, I was I was in a, a drunken mess doing the draft on my phone at the Abbey in September. It really is – you can really screw up the draft and, and then just go to the, the waiver wire. The way offenses work today with all the injuries, you could just kind of pick and choose through the waiver wire and, and end up putting together a championship team. So, you know, I just – I lucked out. When you, when you pick up Car- the – Carson Palmer and Devontae Freeman and David Johnson off the waiver wire. It's, it's not a lot of skill involved. Well, it takes, you know, I, I think I told you this story, but I had uh, Devontae Freeman, like, almost hitting the submit button. For whatever reason, I changed my mind, and a week later you got him. So that may have cost me uh, getting into it. But it is funny about fantasy, too, that if this week was last week, you would have lost and your sister would have lost. Yep. Because they're, you know, and it just, it just, it's kind of just who you play when you play it, and uh, as they say, you know, a fantasy is a cruel, a cruel mistress, and uh, it worked out for me last year, and it worked out for you this year. So uh, now, of course, you got to get your brother to collect everybody's money. That's the biggest, <laughs> the biggest problem. <laughs> I'll get, get my winnings months after June. that. <laughs> um, well, yeah, this is our last uh, podcast of the year. We thought we'll do year year end in a bit, but. We wanted to begin with a subject that's had a lot of attention last week when it was Christmas week and kind of just died really quickly on uh, Christmas Eve. And that's, uh, I'll give some background for readers, Odell Beckham Jr. of the Giants. He was suspended a game after a weird uh, battle with Josh Norman and other members of the Carolina Panthers during that game that where punches were thrown and personal fouls were called and Basically, Beckham wound up getting a game suspension, and afterwards uh, we discovered that Panthers came onto the field pregame with a bat. They were sort of brandishing kind of threateningly, which they said was simply a motivational tactic they used. And then we started getting reports that Beckham was subjected to gay slurs. Uh, We heard this from several media sources through the Giants. The Giants insist it still happened. Uh, Michael Irvin former player and Chris Carter, former player, have said uh, that uh, slurs have been used against Beckham this year. Irvin said it would happen repeatedly. Um, and yet, at the hearing, um, nothing was came of this. The NFL claimed they could find no evidence of any slurs. Beckham did not push it. And so kind of the story died. And Sid wrote a piece today on Beckham, uh, and kind of the, called the Curious Case of Odell Beckham, which is a great headline. And off the top, because we've already gotten some reader pushback, we have no idea what Odell Beckham's sexual orientation is. So it's not, you know, people say, oh, you're somehow trying to out him. We're not outing him. We have, we've never met him. We have no idea if he's gay or straight. However, clearly these slurs are being used against him for some reason. 
maybe because of the way he, you know, acts, conducts himself. It fits stereotypes or whatever. But um, the, the the reason the, the article was written is that what does it say about homophobia in the NFL and why that is still sort of the catch-all um, kind of slur. So I did find it interesting that it just kind of, you know, it kind of just died as soon as the hearing was over. And why, why do you think that was? Well, that's kind of, I don't know. You know, I, I talked to people at the Giants. I talked to people at the NFL. I talked to other people for this article. Uh, no one, other than Pat Hanlon from the Giants gave me one sentence to use. Um, the You Can Play Project didn't want to talk about it. I, people wouldn't let me use their names in conjunction with this, and, and I'm left with more questions after writing this than I did before writing it. And, and, and all these people who are jumping on saying, oh, how dare you try to out him or insinuate that he's gay. You know, number one, being gay is not a bad thing. Insinuating that someone is gay or, or, or thinking that they are is not terrible. Number two, like you said, we don't know that he's gay. I, in fact, I, I'd guess that he probably isn't gay. But three, he might be, and clearly some players in the NFL think he is. And why do so many gay people feel like we have to tiptoe around all of these issues. People are, oh, I'm never coming to Outsports again. How dare you publish something like this? Why is it so horrible to just literally lay out what's ha- exactly what's happened and then ask, huh, why did this happen? Why is it so horrible? But so many gay men get they're, they're so upset when you, when you just even say that somebody thinks they might be gay. It's just, I don't understand it. Well, for starters, if Odell Beckham is gay, it would be phenomenal because he might be the best receiver in football. So it would shatter a whole bunch of stereotypes about gay men playing football. But, you know, so our listeners know we don't do this stuff lightly. We had a long debate about writing about this, how we should write about it. And basically the conclusion came down to he's being subjected to these slurs. This has been, you know, Unless he's lying about this to Michael Irvin, Chris Carter, and members of the Giants, which I think would be fantastical kind of lie to kind of push, um, and and Deion Sanders who said he you know he, he specifically heard his quote unquote sexuality being questioned um, before the Panthers game. So if this is out there, this is certainly something that is not news to anybody in the NFL. Uh, there's probably a lot more talked about it than we ever do. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with someone being gay or not. And the point to me is that this is still such a powerful slur, and my theory of why I have a theory of why it kind of went nowhere is that I think everybody involved thought it was in nobody's best interest to pursue this. That yeah. if you're Odell Beckham, you really want the words Odell Beckham and gay to be in dozens of news stories when an appeal is being heard. Even if you're straight, you may not want that, and if you're gay and you're closeted, you certainly probably don't want that. So. He would then have to name people who said it. They would have to be called. That wouldn't be good for the Panthers. The league certainly doesn't want to get involved in this because they would have to investigate it if Beckham pushed it as an issue. That the reason I was provoked, which doesn't excuse me going off, was this, and the NFL would then have to take it seriously or be accused of sleeping under the rug. And my feeling is it probably came to the conclusion of Beckham and maybe his agent or something, take your one-game suspension and just drop it. And you saw what happened. It's kind of a non-story anymore. Yeah, because and and you know the conclusion of my piece was essentially 
Everybody just wants gay issues to go away. Everybody in the NFL. The agents wanted to go away. The players wanted to go away. The league wants to go away. The teams want to go away. Of course, you, do, you, you have certain teams like the Giants that are, that are doing uh, more, than they, um, more than anybody else. But it, for the most part, people just want the stuff to go away. They don't, and, and you have to wonder how, how much it translates into even wanting gay men in the league. I mean, we keep we, you know, we kept saying the league was ready for Michael Sam and wanted Michael Sam and all this. Maybe they didn't. I mean, you look at how fast this went away. It was gone. Beckham didn't even bring it up in his hearing. <laughs> so people want this to go away. The players, the teams, the agents, the league—they all want it to go away. Yeah, I think they probably would be fine if an established player decided to come out and did it and got it over with. They couldn't do anything about that if somebody said they wanted to do it. But the, the whole slur thing is something you specifically don't want to touch because it becomes kind of radioactive. You then have the Panthers having to sort of, you know, be investigated on this. Um, how, who said this? How many players? Do we have? The NFL said they found no evidence of this happening, but we have no idea. Did they literally go through every piece of audio from the pregame that exists, or did they, once Beckham decided to drop it, did they drop it? But, yeah, it's, it's like – this is not a good look for them because it still shows that this that gay slurs have a power more so than anything else. And you have the Panthers going on record as calling him uh, a ballerina, which is of course is a female dancer, not a male dancer, and how he pranced around on the sideline. So they clearly were trying to feminize him, and they they use these terms openly after the game, called him a bitch. So all these things. So he is less than a man somehow which easily then translates from the feminizing someone to, oh, he's gay, he's an F. Um, so, yeah, I do think that, that, that they don't like how big of a story this would be. That if, if you know, let's suppose yeah. Beckham really pushed this, and you had Josh Norman in appeal, and you had Ron Rivera, you had all these people during a playoffs and Super Bowl run having to sort of address this. They kind of don't want to deal with this. Well, I'll tell you, if the Panthers are in the Super Bowl, you and I are both going to be there, and we're going to address it. I'm going to address it anyway. I want answers. I want to know what happened. There are names. Beckham has names. He knows who said it. He knows when they said it. And I want to know. We should talk about this. If this is, uh, and, and, you know, Chris Carter said that this, this happened, you know, uh, he heard this during his time with the, um, you know, in the league. And what's interesting is Michael Irvin told me years ago that he just never heard the F word in the NFL. He just never did. He heard it in high school. He heard it in college. He just never heard it in the NFL that he can that he could remember. So you know, some people obviously hearing it, and some people aren't. But I want I want to know. I want answers. I want the league to address this because right now everyone is giving them a pass to just say, oh, forget it. But the problem is they're going to say if there's no evidence and no one's pushing it, they're not going to push for answers. I mean, that's what the league's stance is going to be, that they're not going to retroactively try to conduct some search if nobody is saying, you know, it's an issue. That's why I'm saying it's probably in all everyone's best interest that this was handled this way, that it got dropped, it got dropped on Christmas Eve when very few people paid attention. All they saw was the headline, Odell Beckham apologizes, accepts suspension. So, um, so I think that's why we could ask the questions, and we certainly should, but my guess is everyone's going to basically say, nothing happened, moved on. And short of Beckham sort of naming people, uh, you're probably going to see have seen the end of this. 
that's just, and I wonder you know, what you know I, people like Irvin and you know Connor Barwin told us that he does not hear faggot being thrown around or any other gay slur on the field. He heard it much more in high school, a few times in college. Kind of wonder if it's positional. If you know you get these cornerbacks and these receivers, although Irvin was a receiver. But, you know, like this is a way they use to kind of, you know, because you're one-on-one and you're talking and you're talking trash, whereas maybe the linemen and the linebacker are too busy whacking each other that kind of, you know, get involved in it. I don't know. but Or maybe it's a different team, a different culture. But clearly Beckham has to- told Michael Irvin he's heard it all season. doesn't mean he heard it every single week, but he certainly heard it. And this is clearly a way people think they can get under his skin because he, pre- he pretty much dominates most of the games he's in. Well, yeah, and it's funny. I, 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 just a couple of quick things. They point out getting under his skin. Um, it hasn't worked. As I put in the article, he had like eight straight games of a hundred yards or more and eight touchdowns over those games, or it was six games, whatever it was. Uh, it wasn't working until obviously he lost his cool with the Panthers. But you know, one of the things that has bugged me about this is that you know, we have, there's no audio evidence. You don't need. You first of all, you're not going to find it because the guys are aware of where the officials are. And one of the reasons that the linemen probably don't use it is you have the umpire and the referee on top of you. You have the line judge and the head linesman. I mean, they, they really, you know, they probably can't hear much from where they are, certainly in, in a loud stadium, but you have officials right on top of you. As a DB and wide receiver, you're flying around the field. Like, no, there, uh, there are lots of times during the, during the game that no one's around you. As a lineman, there's always someone, uh, 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 an official on top of you. So, and that, that's why, because these guys, these guys are aware of who, who's mic'd up. They know where the officials are. I, I as an official myself, there are things that I can see. I see two guys come together. I can't hear what happens. And so often one turns to me and says, he called me this. And I'm like, I, I can't hear it from where I am. They're not stupid. They know what the players know what they're doing. They know when to use this language and, and where to do it. Yeah, and in this case, though, it, it, the, the slurs apparently were happening pregame. That's why I wondered if there's, you know, there's a, there's a lot of other media around on the field, on the sidelines, hanging out before the game that, you know, were there any other microphones that picked it up? Now the New York Daily News did ask several Giants, and not a single Giant said they heard a thing. And Brad Wing, their punter, said he saw the bat, but he didn't hear any gay slurs. So I think the hard part is going to be if, you know, if people say they're not hearing anything and no one's going to go on the record, is going to, that's why I think the story is pretty much dead right now from their standpoint because nothing's happened. And unfortunately, as we see with, Things like police shooting or anything else, you almost need some sort of audio-visual evidence for it to rise to a certain level. So you probably would need an audio of somebody using a slur against Beckham to get anybody, you know, motivated. Um, <clears throat> we saw with Bill Kennedy in the NBA. It took, you know, people on the court to Rajon Rondo call him a faggot before he got suspended. But what if Rondo said it to him one-on-one within no earshot of someone and Kennedy decided not to make it an issue? I mean, you don't know that, meaning that... This kind of stuff, it, unfortunately, it seems that we need concrete proof before we can go out and say someone's homophobic. So that's where I think why everyone's kind of happy this has just kind of died. Well, yeah, and, and it's, you know, again, it's, I struggle with the, you know, labeling somebody who throws out gay slurs homophobic. I've probably called them that in the past, but. You know, I think deep deep down, obviously, there's something, but there's a, there's a level of homophobia between saying I hate gay people and calling some guy, you think, know, I might be gay, the F word, but 
I don't know. It's, it, well, again, this is indicative. Well, you're right. Of how yeah, exactly. You, could, you may say it in heat and feel, oh my God, I you know feel bad about that, but still, it is homophobic language. A hundred percent. And and I think that the the takeaway that I wanted to convey with the story is not whether Beckham is gay or not. It's these leagues are not serious about addressing LGBT issues. No one is serious. The players aren't serious. The agents aren't serious. The coaches aren't serious. The teams aren't serious. The leagues themselves are not serious about addressing these issues. The Giants, the maybe the best team in the whole league on LGBT issues, won't pursue this. That's, that's, to me, that's a crime. I mean, it really is. Something bad happened, has repeatedly happened. This language is being used in a league that they know has issues of homophobia, and they're doing nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent point. And I think as much as it, as it happened in one game, if it's happened in several other games this season, the fact that this has not been raised is really kind of, you know, that you think at least the NFL will send out memorandum to their teams, you know, conduct memorandum during the, during the season about various things. You know, the Giants could make this an issue, and the NFL could send out a notice all 32 teams. We hear this, you're going to, you know, whatever, kind of put them on notice, but they have not done it for whatever reason. So either Beckham has not made this an issue with other people, maybe he's telling people like Michael Irvin kind of privately about this and, but yeah, whatever. It's really frustrating, and it shows the power this still has, and still shows why a lot of people probably stay closeted. It's like they don't want to have to perceive to be dealing with this, and so it has this chicken and egg thing. Until we get more gay players, this stuff may occur more. But this stuff occurs more, so they may have nobody comfortable for whatever reason to come out. So <clears throat> it was sort of a depressing thing, but <laughs> I was not surprised by some of the, the pushback we got on the, after you wrote it. Sometimes I feel bad about things that I write. I don't feel bad about this one at all. No, and again, we talked about it, and, you know, <clears throat> so we're on the same page. Um, so moving on to some nice things, <laughs> our year-end uh, review, we had some awards uh, given out. Um, talks it about our some of our awards. Well, it, you know, we give out these awards every year, and I think next year we have to think about doing a Coach of the Year award too because, you know, yeah. we don't have many of those. You, you know, the coaches are so important in this. and um, You know, we we try we honor people, LGBT people who are out in sports. And, uh, you know, I think we talked about a couple of them before, but the two that, the, the, the few that we haven't yet were the two heroes of the year, uh, Lasia Clarendon from the WNBA, who has been, you know, a, as opposed to uh, you know, pretty much anybody, any man other than Robbie Rogers in, in pro sports in North America, she's out. She writes and talks about LGBT issues all the time, and it's just you know, in contrast to all of the men, it's wonderful to see somebody like Lasia out there, and um, you know, really uh, while she's playing for a, a championship caliber team, the Indiana Fever, really you know, putting herself on the line and. I think it's it really people like her are in such stark contrast to all the closeted people in sports. I thought you know I, you and I talked about it. We didn't want to give these awards to to activists. We want to try to give them to to uh, to athletes. So of course the the male hero of the year is a, a former athlete, uh, Billy Bean. But you know he's done so much this year. Yeah, I mean Billy was an easy one for us. He's He's really making a difference in baseball, which seems like it's 
further along than the other sports. I mean, he's, you know, uh, basically one of, on, on their diversity, you know, whatever he, whatever his title is, but he has an official job with Major League Baseball, and he is talking about this, and he's going to various clubhouses. He's addressing the issues, and so I think baseball in many ways is, um, you know, is, ha- is making more of an effort, it seems, in other sports right now. But some of our other people, uh, we had our sports person of the year, Dalton Maldonado. Um, it started with a simple, maybe two-paragraph email to sit myself with this seemingly incredible story about, oh, I'm out as a gay player in Kentucky, and my <laughs> my bus was chased with people calling me gay slurs. It's like, huh? You know, it was so matter-of-fact, and the story just took off, and it became one of those stories that went viral, and Dalton has really been, you know, at the forefront of so much attention, um, you know, and, and in the spotlight this year because of that. So he was he was our person of the year. Um, our assholes of the year were Lance Berkman for his role in fighting uh, the gay rights ordinance in Houston and Rajon Rondo for calling a referee a fag. Our male athlete of the year was Eric Radford, who won a world gold medal after coming out. And Abby Wambach and Megan Rapinoe are Outsports um, Female Athletes of the Year uh, for their role in uh, being out athletes and winning the, the Women's World Cup. So we had some really accomplished out athletes this year. Yeah, and, you know, one of the things that's interesting to me is, uh, is you know, every year, we, we well, the last couple of years, we recap the number of people who have come out in sports and this year it was less than last year, which which surprised that we know of. Of course, there are probably people out there who posted on Twitter and Instagram. We know of some people who have done that on social media that we don't don't kind of list on these on these lists. But uh, it was disappointing to me that that fewer people than last year came out publicly in the media as LGBT. Though it's the number is about a hundred. Um, you know, lots of, and I think what's what's neat when we release this list in, in a week is such geographic diversity. It's not just in the cities; it's more and more in the rural areas, in the Midwest, in the South. So, uh, obviously, we have uh, all of these heroes and athletes we've honored this year, but uh, but all all of them, you know, who are able to come out. So it's, it's just obviously, you know, I I think it's just the most powerful thing you can do in sports is is come out. Well, you know, we got an email the other day from a 13-year-old who came out to his family on Christmas, and he came out because of reading stories about uh, Braden Lang, the lacrosse player, and Michael Martin, the soccer player. And, you know, they inspired this athlete to come out to his parents and then came out to his family. I mean, you know, that's why these stories are powerful. I heard of another one who's thinking about coming out, but I saw a text he sent to Michael Martin about, you know, Michael's inspired him. You know, he's, he's sort of to come out to people now. And we see it over and over again that people want to relate to someone in their sport or who's like them, and it causes a ripple effect. And so how many, so many of our coming out stories are because somebody saw somebody else's coming out story. Um, there have been slightly fewer this year. I kind of think uh, to do a retrospective, I want to talk about this in the last few minutes, is to me, I'd label 2015 sort of the year of retrenchment in LGBT sports. I mean, 2013 had Jason Collins. 2014 had um, Michael Sam. 2012 had the Olympics, which had, you know, at least some more discussion. And it just seems like the media's moved on, right? They've done the gay stuff. Nobody major has come out. The sports have all done their sort of, you know, we're, we're gay friendly. 
and it seems all the action is at the sort of high school and college level. You agree? Disagree? Well, for 2013, I mean, it was Jason Collins, Robbie Rogers, Brittany. Yeah, Reiner. Robbie Rogers. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was that was a lot. I, I I think um, I think when did Abby Wambach come out? I think that was 2013. Well, but I, whether it was yeah, but she sort of came out. You know, she sort of came out in drips and drabs with her wedding. It was a little. It was a little different with her, meaning that she had sort of been well, out but didn't want to sort of come out publicly until to she your got point, married. To your point, though, 2012, 13, 14 had yeah. Tom Daly, like uh, uh, big Megan name Olympians. Yeah, and, and there were lots of people. This, I asked Laser Clarence, how many WNBA players came out publicly this year? One. Angel McCautry. One. <laughs> That's that's I, and and maybe it's because people uh, people aren't asking them. I, I I don't know what it is, and nobody really asked her. She just she did it on um, on an on Instagram. But it, it really is. I, I don't I don't know why. If if the media has just moved on, I mean people are still super interested in our stories. Our traffic this year was. I mean we have about ten million unique visitors this year. That that that's a lot. But for but you're right. A lot of the media, I guess, is just it's kind of they've moved on. It's it's it, but it's I guess and what it is they don't have that those big names to talk about like the Michael yeah, Sam, no the NBA so You can't keep writing the same story if you have nobody to really talk about. And you know Michael Sam's out of football and Jason Collins retired and Robbie's playing in a league that doesn't get the kind of attention the other ones do. So you kind of have this thing of. I don't bl- I'm not blaming the mainstream media. I'm not sure what there is to really write about. And another thing you've seen is athletes are a lot more careful about what they say, that the guys who would have dropped the F-bombs really kind of casually 10 years ago now are, like, much more careful. So if, they have a, if they're anti-gay or want to say something, they think twice because we're seeing a much smaller volume. We used to have, we used to have a field day on Twitter just three, four years ago, for like, oh, my God, you know, do you see what this guy said? It would make a story, and people would get, you know, it would become a story because of one tweet. Now they're all kind of being really careful about what they say. Yeah, it's, well, you know, we have to, all we can do is keep talking about these issues and keep pushing. I mean, it's all of education and the policy changes are great, but it's just, you know, we have to focus on telling the stories of, LGBT people in sports. That's what we do best, and that's what people want to see, and we know that's what inspires more people to feel comfortable. Yeah, so 2016 is going to be an Olympic year, and there are already some out Olympians we've written about, and I am hopeful there will be many more uh, prior to August in Brazil. Um, So we'll kind of deal with that. But uh, let's kind of shift gears really quickly in the last minute or so. the NFL is winding down. If you, I mean, you picked Arizona in the Super Bowl before the season, and right now they look like the best team in football to me. Well, I'm kicking myself for not picking them to win it all, and and the reason I didn't was for this contest that that we're in. I figured even them just making it to the Super Bowl would be enough, so I kind of hedged my bet. But uh-huh. yeah, I, well, listen, you have to remember last year they were nine and one or ten and one with Car- with Carson pa- Palmer. Uh, they were one of the best teams in football last year with him, and I, I, I just looked at the team. I, I, I looked at who they had signed, and I mean, all the pieces are there. I really think that Arians is one of the three or four best head coaches in football, and it just it all kind of made sense to me. I, I get, you know, I didn't, 
I didn't know the Panthers were going to be this good. I thought I picked them last in the division. So it's, you get some things right, you get some things wrong. But uh, I, I, I would love to see the Cardinals in the Super Bowl because they're fun to watch. That offense really is about the most unstoppable offense that I can remember seeing. I think the Broncos a couple of years ago were very unstoppable. The Patriots in 2007. But it's one of those unstoppable offenses. It doesn't matter what defense they go up against, they're going to score 30 points. Yeah, and I like the fact that he's aggressive, and they're just, they are just a fun team to watch. And Arians is, is a, like every all accounts, a great guy, very gay-friendly. He had brought the female intern as his coach. I mean, he, you know, I, I, I like the way he kind of runs things. And in the AFC, boy, it really seems like a giant glob. I mean, the Patriots are probably still the favorite. Man, they have so many injuries. People keep They keep losing people left and right, and I think it could all be about matchups. They play the Texans in round one. They win. They play the Chiefs or the Jets, maybe. That's a game they could lose. I mean, Denver is a backup quarterback. Cincinnati doesn't know if Andy Dalton going to be back. The Chiefs haven't won a playoff game since 1990. You know, it's like you have all these sort of great mysteries the AFC that leaves me sort of saying, uh, I'm not sure what we're going to get there. If this Patriots team wins the Super Bowl, everyone else should just resign. Because <laughs> yeah. that, that team is way too injured to win a Super Bowl. But the AFC is kind of weak. I mean, you know, a lot of other teams have some key injuries, so um, we'll talk more about that. But we want to wish everybody a happy new year, happy 2016. Um, we will talk to you next week with our first show of the new year. So until then, uh, don't get too drunk in two days, and have a good one. <laughs>